I want to thank our team for uh, the scripture reading and the prayer, and also Rob Frederick for the communion thought. Uh, we're very appreciative of that. It's good to be here this morning, to be in the presence of God. Again, I'll repeat it again. Anytime we get a chance to be together in his presence, it's a great day. I also want to uh, uh, welcome Brother John uh, Marshall and his family who is among us. I got the opportunity to meet him this summer during Spring Mill Bible Camp, and he uh, taught me a lot during that camp and uh, showed me around and showed me how to behave while I'm in camp. So I'm glad he's uh, with us uh, this morning. And also, uh, got the privilege to have met uh, Alex uh, Samuel, and he is with us uh, this morning with his family, and I'm glad he is with us. Uh, and I remember when I was that freed, he helped me a lot uh, with my English. When I write papers, uh, all those pages of paper, he will have to go read through them and give me advice and my grammar and things, so he was a big help for me was I, I was uh, at Free Hardoman, and I thank him for that. And I'm still working on my English, my pronunciation. It's something that's never end, but uh, hopefully I'll get better and better each day. So thank you for being with us here, uh, Alex. And if you are a visitor, you're here. I didn't get a chance to meet you or uh, know that I would love to meet you whether after service. So uh, we're glad that you're here with us. Also, uh, during uh, early, I mentioned how our college students were very appreciative of the box that they received, and, and thank you for taking part of that and making it possible. But also, we have other opportunities coming up for a trunk or treat. We have sign-up sheets in the back where you can register to bring your trunk and with candy for the kids, and we need help cleaning up after, so we need you to sign up to help clean up after that. And also we need help for traffic control, so all of those are opportunities for you to help taking care of that. And I'm sure, just like our college students were very appreciative of the box they received, the community, the kids who's going to come and to trunk or treat, to get candy, they will be very appreciative of you as well. So make sure you sign your name on that paper and help with that if you can. And it came to pass. And it came to pass. This expression is mentioned several times in, in Scripture, at least about 450 times in the King James Version. And, and it means that this happened. Or sometimes it can also denote that the passing of time uh, and a change of circumstances. The passing of time or a change of circumstances. And it can also serve as a reminder that what comes to pass isn't what comes to stay. What comes to pass isn't what comes to stay. 
So this morning, we're going to be exam examining some uh, of that idea, and it came to pass. So you can turn to uh, Acts 27, 1 to 44. Uh, I know we read uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 18 this morning, uh, but uh, we're going to be in Acts 27, 1 to 44 uh, this morning. And, and it came to pass, in my life growing up, it uh, reminded me to go back to see things that I have dealt with in the past. Uh, when I was growing up, I lived in my father's, uh, my parents' house. We live in a mud house made out with sticks, and you put mud on it, uh, and, and it was also small. Uh, today, you uh, will call you an apartment or a house might have 900 square feet, or a house might have 12 or 18 square feet, but ours was maybe 100 square feet, uh, like that, so it was pretty small, so, and it made out of mud. And there wasn't very much room in that mud house, so uh, at night, I would have to sleep on the floor with my sisters uh, in front of my parents' bed. And then uh, if we have a runny day that day, it was hard staying inside in that small space during that day because it's rainy, so it was pretty tough. And I remember one evening while I was on the floor uh, and I wake up from my sleep and touching the ground, there was water on the ground. But at first, I didn't think it was water. I thought maybe I pee in bed and there was water and I was wet. So when I investigated more and there was water everywhere and I called, Dad, Dad, there's water in the house. And so he lit up a, a match and looked, and there was a flood, and water got inside uh, of the house. So that day, uh, we woke up, we had to leave the area because it flooded, and we had to find another place to live. We stayed with someone for a while because it was tough finding another place. But it came to pass. We struggled to this. It did not stay forever. It came to pass. We got another place uh, to live. But God knew what he was doing. Uh, I thought in my mind, looking back, and I said, that was a warning for us to move from that area. The reason I say that, a few months later after we moved the area, there was a bigger flood who came and washed away that whole area. And if you were to go today in that area, there's like a big ditch, like a river, and the government had to build a bridge so cars can cross it. So I thought that God sent that first flood to cause us to move the area because if we did not, we probably would have lost our lives. So God is in control. He knows things that we cannot uh, see, and he will take care of that. So that came to pass. And when we moved to another area, we still have trouble we have trouble to get enough food. We have trouble to go to school because we have to pay school in Haiti. Uh, tuition is not free. So all of that was a burden for my family. Uh, so uh, because of that, uh, I end up moving to a children's home with my foster mom, Roberta, but my sisters stay with my parents. So it came to pass for me because now I was able to have three meals a day. I was able to go to school from where I moved. 
from to uh, Roberta's house. Uh, and while I was there, uh, a few years later, my dad passed away. That was a tough time for me to see uh, my dad passed away. I was crying. I, it was painful. Even though I wasn't living with them at that time, but it was painful. And now my family was already struggled with my dad passing away. My mom and sisters will have a harder time. But again, it came to pass, and I thought God was in control. By me moving to the children's home, I learned some English, so I was able to interpret for mission group who come to Haiti. So when I do that, they will pay me for doing that for a week or so, and then I will in turn take some of that money, send it to my mother and my sisters, and that will help them with food and other things they need. And again, God had a plan. He put me in that situation so I can in turn uh, help them. And then again in 2010, a big earthquake hit Haiti where many people died. Uh, and that was very tough for many people who lived there and also for my family. And it came to pass. It didn't stay like that, but I was able to come to the U.S. and get an education, was able to graduate from a GED and get my GED here in Florida and went to university in Tennessee. But all I was here doing all of that, I was also working and sending money back to my mother, making sure my sisters get their school paid for so they can get an ed education because in my family, my mom and dad, did not get a high school diploma. Uh, and it's even tough for a college degree that, that wasn't in their mind as well. But I wanted my sisters to be able to at least finish their high school years. So I'll work and send money back to help them and also help some friends. And that came to pass. And some of them were able to graduate high school. And two of them did not, but it's their doing. They choose not to. They choose to do something else. But again, that came to pass, and they better. And now I'm working on bringing my mom here to the U.S. because she's having a tough time in Haiti, very unstable. There's always tough uh, things going on there. And I don't know when I will be able to bring her here. Only God knows that. But one thing I do know is that that as well will come to pass one day or another. So the Apostle Paul uh, tells us about his uh, struggle in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 25. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 25. It was three times I was beaten with frauds. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. So Paul there, he's telling us everything he had to deal with, how he got beaten, stoned, and all of that. And he is reading that letter to the Corinthians, to the church in Corinthians, telling them what he has to endure for Christ. But all of those at some point came to pass. He didn't deal with them forever. They come to pass and he have to go up to new ground and accomplish other things. But in Acts 27, 1 to 44, it records uh, Paul's fourth shipwreck. And 2 Corinthians, we see there he said three times he was shipwrecked. But that's because he wrote 2 Corinthians before that fourth 
sheep wakes and Acts 27. So that's why it's only mentioned three there in 2 Corinthians 11.25. But in Acts 27.144, uh, uh, Paul there, he was very uneasy for that trip. If you look up verse 10, he's even telling the people, the captain and people on that ship that uh, disaster will come and we'll end up losing our cargo. And if we're not careful, we can even lose our life during that, that trip. So Paul was very uneasy about this trip there. And that uh, ship he's on there, sometimes people thinking it's just a small ship and it's like very uh, bad to be on there because it's very small. But uh, according to verse 37 there, it was fairly a larger ship because it, it mentioned that there was about 276 people on board on that uh, ship. So that it was a, more, a bigger ship than we thought it, it was. But they found themselves in a terrible storm. Verse 20, Acts 27, verse 20, in a terrible storm where they have no control of. They couldn't cause it to stop. They couldn't do anything to get to ground. And it was very bad for them one day. Have you ever been in a circumstance or a situation where you have no control of? You cannot get out of it. You cannot change anything. You, you felt powerless in that moment because you have no control of it. Well, I have. I remember my first uh, plane ride. It was of a plane ride from, from Port-au-Prince to Cap Haitian. And it was a small plane. M me and my foster brother was in that plane going to Cap Haitian to interpret for a missionary group who was going to Cap Haitian. And then halfway there, there was a big wind, a storm. And you, if you've ever been in a small plane, you know that they don't do well and, and wind. So, and again, it was my first plane ride, and that plane is like, felt like a paper in the wind. It's blowing back and forth, and I was scared. I felt out of control. I couldn't control anything, and I was very scared. My heart was like going fast, and I was sweating, and I keep looking at my foster brother. He's experiencing the same thing because that's our first time flying. So we felt having no control. We, it was very bad for us. And I remember after that time, we were like, we're not flying another small plane. No, we don't. I, I think until today, I still don't like small plane. I prefer the bigger one. Uh, but that still can happen to them as well. But that was a bad experience. I don't want to be uh, taking, <coughs> be part of that anymore. But all of you in your life, can experience something like that, something where you have no control of. And that's when you have to realize that God is the one who is in control of everything. If we can only trust him and follow him, he will take care of us, and that situation that we are in will come to pass as well. So Paul there when those people in that ship, they were afraid, they didn't know what to do, they couldn't control anything, he rose up uh, and told them that we'll be okay. The reason he told them they will be okay is because an angel told him in Acts 27, verse 22 to 23, 
It says, the angel told him, you will survive because you have to appear uh, to the governor, wherever they were going, because he was going to jail. So he will survive. And because he will survive, all of them will survive as well. So he told them about that. But still, they were still uneasy. Have you ever, if you've been in a situation where you felt no control of, you're having a hard time, even if someone were come to you and say, oh, you will be okay, you still will still be worried about it because you're still dealing with that same issue. So even though Paul is telling them they will be okay, they're still worried about it. And in verse 30, some of them even attempted to uh, go overboard and jump over and maybe try to swim to get to land or something like that. And Paul is telling them, no, don't do that because if you go overboard, then you will surely die. You won't be able to survive. But they were on there for many days. And in verse 33, it says, they did not eat for like 14 days. They were on there. They did not eat anything. Have you ever been in a situation where you can't eat and your appetite is gone because you're dealing with something that's maybe caused you sadness or pain where you don't feel like eating? Well, I have. I remember when my foster mom got killed in Haiti in October 2015. At that moment, I spent a few days where I couldn't eat. I have the food in my hand, but had no appetite to eat. I'm already a skinny guy. Can you imagine me not eating for a few days? I lost a few pounds that, that time. Uh, because I wasn't eating because of the state of sadness I was in. But again, this come to pass, and it got better. So whatever situation you are in, knowing that if God is for you, you can depend on him, that as well will come to pass. And if you go to verse uh, 44 in Acts 27, and you will see that all of them escaped. And they were fine, and it came to pass for them, like Paul told them, they were escaped. Even though they lost the, the ship and their cargo, but their lives were, were spared, and they were able to escape that situation. Well, unpleasant circumstances happen to good people as well. Just because we are good people, we try to follow God to obey him, doesn't mean that you will escape all the trials of life or things that can happen to you in this life. Because we are human, and because of sin that is in this world, we will suffer. Things will happen to us. But one thing we can assure of is that it will come to pass, whatever it is. It won't stay like that forever. You remember Job and Job 1? how he suffered, how he lost everything, everything he possessed, animals, and, uh, and one after another servant will come to him, oh, this is lost as well, and you lost this as well. And at the end, he even lost his own children. But still, he remained faithful to God. He followed God. He trusted God. Even when his friend will tell him, why don't you just cast God and done away with it when he got sick and he was in a terrible state. But he still trusts God. And you know, if you know the end of the story, you know 
he ended up uh, better at the end where God gave him a lot of the things back, uh, even richer than he was before. So he, his circumstances changed and things got better, and that meant that it came to pass. What we want isn't, what, uh, isn't always what we need. What we want isn't always what we need. We might want things, we might want to be in a good uh, situation or to be happy all the time and uh, for things to go the right way all the time, but sometimes that's not what we need. What we want is not always what we need. And Psalm 119, verse 67, and also verse 71 the psalmist there, he wrote in verse 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your work. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your work. Because of the affliction, because of this trial and tribulation the psalmist went through, he said, now that caused me to keep your word because of that affliction. And if you go to uh, verse 71, uh, it says, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statue. It is good for me I was afflicted, that I might learn your statue. So affliction and trial and tribulation are not always bad. They happen to us to help us to learn, to help us to be patient, to help us to go closer to God. Just like the psalmist realized there, the things he went through help him to keep God's word and help him to learn the statutes of God. In 9-11, I wasn't in the U.S. then, but by watching the news and things that happened after that, many people lost their life because of the terrorist act that happened. But because of that, the following Sundays, the churches were filled with people. Because they tend to, when things are bad, when things go wrong, people tend to seek God at that moment. They tend to try to find out, okay, what they need to do. They tend to think about death. Okay, if I die, am I going to heaven? They think uh, to think about those things and try to go to God. But after things settle down, a lot of those people go back to their normal way. Normal way. And that's how we are as humans. When things are going good, going well, we don't think about, think about God many times. But when things get hard, that's a lot of time we think about him and try to get closer to him. So in that case, affliction and trials help us to get closer to God. It teaches us to know about his will. So I want prosperity, but I may need Poverty in order to seek God's wealth. I want to be prosperous. I want to have a lot. But God knows better. He knows what's good for me. He knows what's best for me. So he may not give me a lot because he knows if he did give me a lot, I might lose my way. So God knows what's best for you. Have you ever been to a third world country or country who don't have a lot and you try to teach the gospel? How receptive are those people? Many times they are very receptive. 
maybe it's because they have a lot of time on, on their hand, but I don't know, whatever it is, they are receptive to hear about God, to find out what they need to do. But when someone is very busy and have things to do, have a business to run and all of that, many times they're less receptive. I experienced that while I was at Fuhadomin. We went to a mission group, a trip to New York, and tried to do door knocking in New York area. People were like, no, no, we don't want to listen to you. Knock at the door, they come out, and they're like, no, we don't have time. <laughs> you go away. And, and, uh, and, and even in Las Vegas, when I did my youth intern there, and I asked the elders, is it okay to do door knocking? And they were like, no, you don't do door knocking here. People don't want you to be coming in their yard and things like that. So people are very less receptive than they will have. But that's why God sometimes he gives us things that will help us maybe to be more receptive, maybe to listen to him more, because he might know the more you have, maybe the less you might be, the less receptive you might be to him. So I want good health, but I may need illness in order to long for heaven. I want to have good health to be able to function, to be able to walk and do things, but sometimes it's illness that causes me to think about God. Have you ever seen someone who lived their whole life where they don't think about God, but once they're on their deathbed, then they start thinking about what's next. Maybe I need to find God. Maybe I need to be baptized for the remission of my sin and come to God because death is getting near. They want to change that. I want abundance, but I may need inadequacy in order to depend more on God. I want to have a lot, but sometimes the more that I have, the less I depend on God. I remember growing up again, my mom will be talking to my dad, and I will overhear when my mom said, we don't have any food in the house for tomorrow. And my dad would be like, well, I don't know what we'll do, but one thing I know, God will provide. We'll find something anyway. So we really hear that, and as kids, we did not worry much about it because we'll eat something anyway. But I know my mom and dad worried more about it. Yeah, but one thing that helped him to do is to depend on God, to know even there's nothing in the fridge, there's nothing. We didn't have a fridge after all, so they just didn't have dry food in the house to eat. But for your circumstance, if there's no food in the fridge, know that God is in control. He will provide. He will take care of you. We just have to rely, to depend on him, knowing that he will take care of us. I want success, but I may need to experience failure in order to be humble before God. All of us want to be successful, to be better uh, ourselves in many ways or another. Go to school and learn, get a degree and get all of this so you can find good ways. So you can have a house, so you can have this or that. But sometimes you may need to experience failure in order to be humble before God, to know God is in control, to know that without him, we are nothing, we need him in our life. And that's why a lot of time it's usually harder for someone who have a lot, to, who are very successful, to follow God, because they tend to depend on their own 
power on their own things, what they have, rather than to depend on God. I want acceptance, but I may need rejection in order to be uh, to better understand how God must feel. I want acceptance, but I may need rejection in order to better understand how God must feel. When I was at Fujado, man, I had a, a girlfriend, and we dated for a few months there. And then uh, one uh, time, I always remember that after Thanksgiving, she came back from home, and she said, I need to talk to you. And then, uh, and I was like, okay, we can go this place and talk. But she was like, no, uh, we need to be in the cafeteria. And I was like, why in the cafeteria? Uh, I, that wasn't making any sense for me. There's a lot of people around and all of that. But we went anyway. But what she wanted to tell me was that, okay, we can't be together anymore. We're going to split. So now it makes sense <coughs> why she wanted to be uh, where a lot of people were. Uh, I don't know, maybe uh, she was afraid like my aggressive way might come out or things like that. But anyway, uh, she wanted to be there. And that really did break my heart. I remember crying and feeling rejection and all of that that happened to me. So I remember going to one of my uh, consular there where I usually talk to him a lot. Uh, we've been friends since uh, I was in Haiti, so I go to him for a lot of things. So I go in his office and start crying, and he was like, what's wrong? So I'm telling him what happened. So he's like talking to me and trying to comfort me. But at that moment, I felt, felt what, uh, how rejection felt like. So if you've ever been in that situation, maybe you can understand how rejection feels like to God. When we break his commandments, when we sin, when we don't follow his will, God doesn't feel good. He doesn't feel well. And if you can picture that, if you can feel that, then you can feel how God feels when we disobey him, when we don't follow him. So I want power, but I may need weakness in order to rely on God's power. I want power. I want to be in control. I want to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do them. But sometimes I may need weakness so I can depend on God's power to help me. Because I cannot do things on my own. I need God, I need Christ in my life to help me. Hebrews 11, 13 to 16. Hebrews 11, 13 to 16. Uh, it says there, it mentioned there that those who had faith through their struggle they, they desired a better homeland, that is the heavenly country. And if you know Hebrews 11, it's talking uh, a lot about uh, all the faithful men and women in the scripture, how they were faithful to God and follow his commandments and try to please him. But that didn't just happen because they did not have any affliction, any trial or tribulation. They have a lot of that. But they remain faithful. They keep moving on. Things come and pass, and they keep women faithful to God. Uh, and because of that, they were able to 
have victory on certain things that happen in their life. And also, they were looking up. They were looking for a better place to be in heaven with God. That's what was in their mind, a better homeland, a better place with God in heaven. And that helped them to stay focused on God so that they can be in heaven with God. And they didn't let their tribulation and trial take off all of them and discourage them from following God. And that's what we need to do in our life. We need to stay faithful to God through our trial and tribulation, and we need to keep our eyes on him for a better place with him in heaven because that's what Jesus went to do to prepare a place for us, and he's coming back to take us home. And when we keep our eyes on him, then we can uh, summon and stay faithful in our tribulation and try and things that we deal with because we know there's a better home coming, and we go in there with him. I do not know the struggle that you are dealing with. Because all of us have struggled, they, and they're not going to be like mine. I have my struggle, my struggle, and you have yours. But whatever it is that you're dealing with, do not be discouraged. It won't stay. It will come, and it will pass. And God will help you out of them. Just stay faithful with him and continue to press on, because what comes to past is not what come to stay. God is in control. He will take care of us. So with our current situation here at Northside, where we're looking for a new minister, uh, and God is preparing that person for us, who, who's going to be up here and teaching us God's word. And uh, we may be having a hard time or not happy with what happened in the past, and we may struggle that way. But know that what comes to pass is not what comes to stay. It's not going to stay like that forever. That's going to be behind us pretty time soon. And we're going to keep pressing on to get better. But while we are in that situation, don't be discouraged. Stay faithful to God and keep following him because he's in control. He will take care of us. It came to pass. It did not come to stay. If we can help you in any way this morning, we invite you to come forward. Uh, if you need to be baptized for the remission of your sin, well, you just heard the word. You need to believe in it. You need to repent from your sin, and you need to be baptized for the remission of your sin and stay faithful to the end. And God will help you with things that you have to deal with in life. Because they won't stay like that forever. Things are going to change. They're going to get better. And if it's not in this world, in heaven, they will be different. 